Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 76, and today we are going behind the story. I'm your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And our guest for this interview episode is V-streamer and voice actor Tiffany Witcher. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. No, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, looking forward to finding out more about being a virtual streamer, uh, which I didn't even think was a thing until Tazzy <laughs> mentioned it uh, some time ago. Uh, and now we've got one on. So there you go. That's how it happens. So we're going to be getting into a bunch of questions, finding out about Tiffany's journey into streaming, virtual streaming, voice acting. Uh, I just want to let people know that you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com, throw them in our Discord or on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter at Mayamada TV on Instagram or at Tazzy on both. And just before we get into our interview segment, uh, I want to let people know what has been happening in the Mayamada universe. By the time you are all listening to this, we will have done our August games night where we played Pokemon Unite. So we got to grips to that. Um, and then we're going to be gearing up for our September game site. So every month we are playing different games with Studio 77 members. Uh, all the same games, I feel like we're going to come back. There's a few games that we played uh, that we're going to be returning to. But so far we've been playing a different game, usually on the last Thursday of the month. So follow us on Twitch, follow us on social media to find out what we will be playing this month. You can also check out the highlights from past games night uh, events so far we have our roblox games night highlights uh, going up uh, highly recommend uh, if nothing else for the fashion what's the thing fashion forward fashion fashion fabulous. frenzy fashion, fashion yeah some some kind of know. alliteration it was going fun. on it was fun yeah fashion fun um and we also speaking of f's uh fortnite we played fortnite uh i for the first time those highlights are also on youtube and uh, we'll be coming with, what else? We played Rocket League and then Pokemon and then, yeah. So once we play, we'll put up the highlights on YouTube. But you can join us live on Twitch. And if you are a Studio 77 member, you can play with us uh, live as well. So check that out too. Uh, keeping it video games, we have our next gamepad online coming October the 16th, which is a Saturday. We will be live on Twitch and uh, yeah, everything's going to be hosted by Tazzy. So if you've not been to a gamepad online event, well, uh, just turn on your computer and turn on Switch. You don't have to go Switch, Twitch. Uh, you don't have to go far. Uh, we are playing games. Well, we've got teams. We bring together communities in a friendly esports competition. For this event, we are looking to play Overcooked. We are looking to play Rocket League and New um knockout c so got some new teams i think we're gonna we, i think we might have confirmed the teams by the time this comes out but we've got some new teams we've got some returning uh teams as well and then we've also uh got some industry interviews so in between the action uh, i interview people from the games industry or in the case of this event we'll be doing a panel um talking about different topics in the games industry because september well october but September will have been that kind of back to school season. We're looking at sort of uh, how to get started in the industry. So we're going to have to, we're going to have topics and interviews around um, that area. The event is free, so you can get your tickets, but we will be doing new artwork. So for every GamePad online event, we're putting together exclusive artwork to mark the event. High-res versions will be going to our Discord community and one lucky ticket holder will get a printed canvas version of the artwork so make sure you get your tickets and join us because we draw that live during the event uh, so that's some of the stuff that we are working on that we have coming up now let's go behind the story with today's guest so we're talking to tiffany witcher today who is a virtual streamer voice advocate and advocate 
voice actor and advocates for accessibility and chronic illness in gaming. They have voiced in over two dozen indie games and is now engaging in motion capture acting. Tiffany has participated in roundtables, discussions across topics of inclusion in gaming spaces, personally working with Twitch on disability needs and improving charity practices. So we're going to get into some real fun questions today. (laughs) Dive into what it's like to be a YouTuber, a VTuber and um, voice actor. There's a lot of Vs and it's really throwing me off. (laughs) (laughs) All the V's, yes, I understand. <laughs> um, so I want to get to know a bit about where your journey began. So we're seeing like a big rise in VTubers, especially over the past year and a bit. How did you find your way into it? So I've I've been an, I was a normal streamer. I guess that you can call it normal streamer. I had my face shown and everything, and I was streaming for about two years at the time. And I've always, I saw the, I slowly saw the rise of v uh, streaming and stuff like that. And I was never really interested at first, but unfortunately I have a disease called lupus. And with that disease, I developed uh, lots of facial scars. So I would have to get up, do my makeup, blah, blah, blah. I get up, do my makeup. And I kind of got tired of it. I just did VTubing basically just to try it out to see if I would prefer it more. And I I it just stuck. <laughs> That's basically what happened. It was um I tried it and I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about looking a certain way. I can just have my avatar and it's a little easier for someone like me who's disabled. So it really worked out for me at the end. And that's basically how I got started in VTubing. <laughs> was the transition like weird at first or how it was, was it? It was. It was very wild at first. It was Definitely something I wasn't expect. I wasn't expecting. I did have a lot of my followers, um, unfortunately, stop watching my content when I became a VTuber, which is fine. It's absolutely fine. But it was it was a different transition because I'm used to showing my face and stuff like that. So I was used to a certain routine. So I had to basically completely change my routine and change the way I did things and, you know, set up my avatar before I go live and not, you know, go live and then I'm not set up. It was just, it was definitely a big change in uh, routine for me when I first started. Did it like massively change your like approach towards streaming? I think so. It, It gave me the opportunity though to actually like look at streaming from a different perspective. So yeah, it did change my approach to streaming drastically because then I had to worry about like, do you people accept this? Or, you know, I had to change a couple rules in my streaming saying, please don't ask me to get on camera or things like that. So yes, it, it did. It did have to, I did have to change my approach a lot with my streaming. And you studied, uh, studied theater and music. Yeah. And you've performed on stage. Has that helped in what you're what you do now? Almost definitely. <laughs> I think um, I think in the sense streaming is a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It is it is playing games or, you know, watching vlogs or just chatting. But I think it is a form of entertainment to bring people in um, for an experience in the sense. So I feel that my acting background did help with that because I've worked in entertainment ever since, you know, after college and all these things and it's it's a way for me to express myself and still you know have that bit of a thing that helps draw people in which is good <laughs> but yeah I think my acting I know my acting background did help with that for sure and obviously like being a streamer is really new even mm-hmm. more so being a virtual streamer yes and do you feel like this is sort of the direction you always wanted to go into or was there a completely different career path? Yeah, I I wanted to like I wanted to do Broadway, but unfortunately with my conditions, I had to quit that dream. So I didn't see myself doing like anything with computers at all. <laughs> I didn't see myself being like a streamer or like a voice actor. I wanted to be on stage, period. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was actually kind of shocked, but then I accept it because I actually fell in love with it a lot more than I did with stage acting. So I was, I'm very, I'm very happy, honestly. I'm very happy with um, 
like where I've where I've started and when I've ended up because mm-hmm. I think streaming is a wonderful platform for people to do if they want to actually take it seriously. So yeah. I, I'm really yeah, it's a big dynamic, but I'm very happy with the dynamic. I mean it's a big difference, but also not because they're both mm-hmm. essentially now you're on a virtual stage. <laughs> yes, it's like a virtual stage. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and your name? It's awesome. How did it come about? That's actually my name. Oh, wow. <laughs> Witcher is my maiden name. I was about to get ready to hear a story. And, no, uh, it's, it's actually it. my last name. Yeah, Witcher is actually... I am married. I do have a different last name, but Witcher is my maiden last name. So I go by... It, it sticks out more. So that's why I use it instead of my boring married name. So I use Witcher because it's actually my name. Apologies to your partner for giving you the... Uh, boring name but yeah which is cool <laughs> <laughs> thank you to the books for making it really awesome but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works really well it just like yes. ties in so much right mm-hmm. I always get that they're like what did you get your idea for your name I was like it's my name they're like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's my name <laughs> what made you decide to use it was it just purely because it worked with references or it just stood out more it like it really popped more um as a name instead of like a boring last like a generic last name like a let's say like smith or something it it just popped more and i was just like well i can just use it as like a stage name and then you know i can still keep my married name so no one can really know where i am So I, that's basically why I did it. Because Witcher is just, for me, when I grew up, I was bullied for the name because of the it, it has the word witch in it. And when you go to a Catholic school, yeah, that can, <laughs> can draw some interesting attention. So when the books came out and then the video game and in. all this. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they did too. <laughs> um, my mother was shocked as well. Um, but like... Uh, <laughs> When they came out with the books and the video game and stuff like that, it was really awesome that I was just like, well, if I use that last name, it's definitely going to stick. And people were like, oh, your last name is Witcher, like the video game. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so that's that's what the idea came. It was actually my husband's idea to do that because he, he said that you should have something that sticks out more, especially when people are looking at like voice actors like, you know, I know, oh, that person has the video game last name. So, yeah. That name sticks out. So that's why <laughs> I do it. Why not? <laughs> nice. What kind of streams do you do? Uh, so like take us through what Tiffany Witcher stream experience is like as if we were a reviewer. So I basically play a lot of like um, single player experience games. I'm a huge Yakuza fan and Monster Hunter fan. So I play a lot of like capcom or sega games and things like that but i also play horror i love playing spooky stuff like i like being scared because i used to be also a scare actor at a couple haunted houses so it's something that i just kind of my mom kind of raised me on horror anyway because she was a huge fan of alien and uh signs of the lamb so as a kid i would watch alien and signs of the lamb <laughs> while she was thinking i was sleeping but um it's one of those things where I, I play a lot of single play experience. We talk to the stream back and forth. When s- interesting scenes happen, I will like pause and be like, excuse me? And like have a situation and we just talk about it. I like the interaction with my stream. Um, I like to talk to my stream. I like to get to know my stream with that interaction. And therefore, we we all make a scene happen in a sense, kind of like a play. And I just it's just something that like... Um, I, I love to experience and then sometimes I give advice or if we do a charity streams there are in special incentives um if we reach like a thousand dollars like the ghost pepper challenge or something like that it's the interaction that I want to keep with my community that I love and the games I also play with it that I also love so yeah <laughs> oh I'm um, talking of charity streams how do your charity streams uh differ from sort of any other kind of stream um, I just, I guess, I guess it's more like I've, I like to be called a motivational charity streamer because I motivate people be like, hey, we're almost to this goal. Let's keep going. And kind of like, you know, kind of like that. I, I guess I'm a more motivational charity streamer. I do a lot of charity streams with also other people to help other people. 
like I do, t- I, I do go on teams and stuff like that. I am very charity oriented. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just enjoy it. I have fun with it. I, I love reaching those goals and I love getting to the point where I'm absolutely happy when we reach those goals. Even if we don't reach those goals, I see it as that charity has a dollar more than it did when I first, when it first, you know, was there. So any dollar will help. So I like to stay completely motivated, even if I don't reach those goals and stuff like that. It's a really good attitude to have towards it. Um, and how do you decide which organizations you work with? Um, there's usually one or two ways I decide. Sometimes it's an organization will actually come to me and ask me, hey, we're this, that, and the other. We want to know if you can raise money for our organization. I'll read about it and be like, oh, that sounds pretty neat. Yeah, I'll do it. It has to be something that I do have a somewhat of a personal connection with too, because I want to like, I want to feel something, you know, it gives me that motivation to raise money, especially for the Lupus Foundation. I started raising money for the Lupus Foundation before, you know, they actually like approached me and with me and another uh, content creator named Coco Confessions, who also has lupus. So like it needs to mean something to me, but also I'm not, I'm also down with someone requesting me to do a charity for them. I'm more than down to do that because I know people do need help in this world. And any little bit that my community or strangers or I can offer is, you know, what makes me happy. So yeah, I'm basically down with just about anything. I do do my research. I research extensively about this charity stream before I give an answer, because if there is something off that I don't agree with personally, then I won't do it. I'll just say, I'm sorry, I will have to decline uh, for this, that, any other, but thank you for thinking about me. I give them a nice letter and stuff like that, but it's very, very, very rare. Like, I mean, extremely rare. (laughs) Nice to get like a little insight into how you make those decisions. Yeah, especially how you say no um, as well, because that can be a difficult thing. I mean, not just in streaming, just in any kind of thing, how to you don't have to do everything and you're not like obliged to do everything and it's exactly. like how do you but how do you like decline in a nice way like you've described rather than you know i'm just not gonna answer this email or or whatever it, it might be yeah i don't i don't want to just not answer an email because that's kind of rude i wouldn't want the same opportunity like if i'm presenting an opportunity to someone else i wouldn't want no answer i know what that feels like but i rather i know charity organizations do need they're trying to raise money for their causes and that's completely understandable yeah but I'm not obligated to raise that money for those causes, but I'm also, you know, I'm not going to say like, you know, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be like, no, I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm just going to give a professional answer. Like, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I cannot raise money. I cannot do this charity for this, that, and the other, and then leave it at that. And they're usually understanding about it. They're like, okay, we fully understand, which is great. Yeah. And I think to, yeah, I think people, under, yeah, like you say, people understand. And and for, like I say, this is good advice for sort of any aspect, but people often can avoid wanting to say no. But even from the charity's perspective, like no is good because then it just says, okay, you know, then we'll try the next person. It just lets mm-hmm. them know that, okay, this is not an option at this time, maybe in future, but at this time, yeah. no, and we can move on. So it, it's a easier thing for everyone, I feel. Most definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been your biggest streaming successes? Oh, goodness. I think uh, the biggest streaming success I got was being featured for Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Twitch was asking as for specific streamers to give, you know, how they feel about Global Accessibility Awareness. And they picked me and uh, out of the four streamers, the other three were partnered and I was just an affiliate. So it was really wonderful to be a uh, part of this group of people that feel accessibility is something needed globally, not just for myself or people around me, but all around the world. And to be a part of that, I think that was the biggest highlight in my streaming, um, basically in my streaming space. And I think also these people nominating me for these awards for the Game Her Awards is uh, something really, really awesome. Because I just, I was just asking for one category. I, I just shot my shot. I was like, hey, can you guys nominate me for this one category? That's all I'm asking. And my community and nominated me for four. And I was like really taken back and emotional and crying because they believe in me. And that belief really pushes me on as a streamer that when other people believe in my causes and things like that, that motivates me to go higher and fly higher hopefully not touching the sun though (laughs) 
Wow, that sounds like really amazing and really cool out, out of um, how much your community support you with that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've got a lovely bunch there. I do. I do. I'm thankful for them. And what are the most challenging aspects of streaming and how do you deal with them? Um, I think it's my my personal illnesses. I have chronic illness myself. I suffer from it. So uh, it's if I'm going to get out of bed and things like that, if I can even do a stream. Uh, that really what stops me from streaming personally. It's it's just it's just one of those things where like I I wish I can do more. I would if I could. I would, but I can't because I have to also respect my own body and health. But I that is the major thing that does stop me <laughs> as a streamer is my own personal health. Mm. What have been the biggest lessons from streaming so far? I think don't worry about uh, what other people say. Uh, worry about your own content, build your own community, have fun and be yourself. I think those are important things about streaming that a lot of people seem to miss. They want to shoot for the stars early, but if you don't have a community to shoot for the stars, then there's no point of even trying because you're just going to be basically shooting blanks into a barrel. So you want to actually just basically build yourself up as a person and as a streamer and build your community slowly but surely and then things will come to you because sometimes uh impact as a very important streamer named i think um i forget her name nasaga yeah the, i think it's nasaga mm-hmm. she has a um a saying called impact over numbers and i've been basically impacting more than building my numbers and i find that more rewarding as a streamer because I help people with these things and like, you know, um, helping, you know, suggest a stream like over a year ago for the disability tag, even though I wasn't the only one doing that, my voice was heard fighting for something. That means a lot to me that I've built myself as this person that I want to be and not trying to build myself as what is seen to be popular on Twitch. I want my impact to speak more than my numbers. So I don't want to fake who I am for the benefit of my channel. And do you ever um, sort of like struggle with that? Because I know like Twitch and YouTube push the numbers in front of you. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I can apply for partner. (laughs) I can apply. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really a sad situation when like no matter how good no matter how good you will do they won't twitch will not allow like someone like myself to become partner unless i have the numbers and it's really it's really sad i can apply for partner anytime but i don't have an average of 75 viewers and i know that if it was like on certain other aspects people keep telling me you should be partner by now and i said that's fine i'll work myself way up with this and i'm not going to change because i refuse to become something i'm not and you know, it's it's really unfortunate that Twitch relies on that, that they don't have a system. We like this person has helped us so much or this person does so much good. Like there's some really good, genuine streamers out there. I fully believe deserve partner. Mm-hmm. I fully believe deserve partner. But because they aren't acting a certain way or they don't constantly play the same game over and over again, which like more power to people that can do that but like i for one i i i just i have to play something different <laughs> and so like i know a lot of streamers that are like that and it's very hard for them to reach but like yeah it's just a numbers game with twitch and like but i rather just you know impact instead of you know do all of that definitely definitely and i've just realized uh well nigel's just realized uh we haven't actually sort of spoke about what VTubing or virtual streaming is. So before we go on to some more questions, uh, I just want to get from you how you would explain what a VTuber or virtual streamer is. So a VTuber or a virtual streamer is basically someone who uses a, a PNG, 2D or a 3D avatar as something to represent them or a character that they're playing. There's like the OC um, VTubers who actually are playing a character. And then there's just people who are using an avatar to basically communicate with their streams. So there's famous ones like Project Miko, Project Melody, sorry, Code Miko. And you have like teams like Hololive and VSojo who have basically elevated uh, VTubing to where it is right now. So it's basically a virtual streamer in a sense. That's like the best way to say it. it's like a virtual streamer 
someone using an avatar, whether they're using a, a V-Roid, which is mostly 3D, or they're using a 2D one. And yeah, it's basically that. <laughs> I have to say, like, Code Miko is like crazy. <laughs> yes, if I had the money, trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for for defining that. I just I know that some people have probably been like listening and thinking, what they keep saying VTubing. What is that? Because <laughs> even though it's getting really popular, there's still quite a lot of people that are not have somehow avoided being aware of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're also a voice actor and have a load of indie game credits. Uh, how did you get into that? I got into that basically. From a friend, uh, I wasn't doing stage acting anymore. And they said, well, you don't want to waste your talents. Why don't you do voice acting? At least you can do it from home. And I said, oh, OK. So I, I started out doing like Overwatch dubs and like little little things and just having fun with it. And then uh, I had another friend who was basically <laughs> basically getting a game made and I was like oh okay cool you're you're getting a game made that sounds awesome and she was like yeah we need a voice actor for the main person and and I was like oh I can do acting and they were like oh you can you so it was the first game I was a part of called Luna and the Moonling is a push push block puzzle game about a princess saving her basically her kingdom and I did that and that was fun and then I just started branching out more and more and started to do more work for other people and it became like very fun. Like it became, I just kept going with it and it just, it just rolled. And then I did like bigger projects like um, Beautiful Desolation, which was a fantastic game to voice for. And then I believe that's coming out on console soon. Um, I did, of course, House Party, which is the meme game. Everyone knows me from uh, as Leah. And that was it's still a fun project. I'm still working with that team and they I'm recording with that team. Of course, this, you know, hidden projects. I can't say I just released a game called Foreclose, which is on all these consoles. And it was just like it's just an experience of like voicing all these amazing indie games and hear your voice in it and you're just like, oh, that's me. That's me. And like when you watch people play these games, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm watching people play this game I'm in. So like that's how that's how I got started. And that's where it is right now. <laughs> And how I got into motion capture was, um, so uh, a company called Nayo Fox are making a game and they actually hit me up and was like, have you ever done motion capture? I said, no. And they were like, well, can you, can you voice and do motion capture for our game? And I was like, okay, but right now we're in a panorama, so I can't do it yet. So like, but like, I'm starting to do motion capture now and I'm very, very excited. So it's just one of those things where like voice acting has become such a and now you can just do it at home like now these gaming companies are like you can record at home because of the pandemic and it makes it more easier for me to be in my pjs at my little home studio (laughs) so uh yeah but that's how i started and this is where i am now and i'm very happy with it Mm. so obviously your the voice acting kind of led into the motion capture work so you've you've already started that yeah no, we haven't started yet okay. because of the pandemic. So because the numbers are going back up in my area, we we can't do it yet. But I am signed on for it. So I'm going to keep that on. But yes, I am starting motion capture. I think we, we did a few a couple things at my place for another game that I cannot talk about. Um, <laughs> for another game I cannot talk about. They came over and we did some motion capture because I said I'm actually doing motion capture for another game. They were like, oh, well, we can come and record you at your place in a small area. I was like. Oh, okay so we did a little bit of motion capture and it was fantastic it was phenomenal to see like see like a little person like doing my scene and like moving their body and stuff like me it was kind of creepy but kind of cool at the same time <laughs> it's just like oh it's like it's like vtubing but not like vtubing it's like you know it's like one of those things but like it's it's definitely a fascinating a fascinating thing to do uh it's it's really fun for the like the two hours that I did it, it's it's fast. It's just fascinating to watch, honestly. So I highly suggest it if you want to actually branch out in video game voice acting, want to try motion capture. It's fun. It's a little bit draining um, because you have it's physical. And for me, with my illness, physicality is a it's a limited thing. So thankfully, the character, the person, the, the creature. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I want to get in trouble. Uh, the creature. NDAs. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely, I'm definitely on a landmine right now. Uh, the creature was um, 
was kind of like kind of good for me to do with my background. I'll say that. Uh, and then like, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually message her. Like, like I said, creature and stuff like that. So, OK, they'll probably be fine with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an experience. It's definitely fun. But I, I, I personally find it draining because of my conditions. But someone else like Troy Baker, I'm sure it's like a breeze to them. <laughs> it must be nice being able to do a little bit of that, though. And does that mm-hmm. sort of bring it in a bit more of the theater? Like, yes. Into oh, definitely. It definitely brings out the theater a little bit. It's not it's not over exaggerated like people would suggest in the theater because sometimes people think sometimes think people think motions in theater is a little over exaggerated. It's like theater motion, as I like to call it. It's theater motion. There's a there's certain acting and theater acting is completely act different from Hollywood acting or a video game acting. I would say, but it was definitely like it's definitely that theater acting, that stage performance that really helped me because <laughs> if I didn't have that I would be probably screwed so <laughs> and confused at some points because they it's like there's a marker and um you have to you have to actually do a t-pose when the thing is done and stuff like that so like mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much because I'm not trying to get in trouble and lose this job so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those things where like it yeah it does come in handy like the theater work does definitely come in handy Okay, let's let's move on for that because I know it's, it's a bit of a landmine for you trying to like work your way around what you can and can't yeah, say. I don't want to get in trouble. Let's go into some of the differences between working as a voice actor versus VTubing. Um, mm-hmm. So how does how does it um, differ? Oh, definitely with um, the way you entertain. Um, with a voice actor, you have a script. You have to say things a certain way, blah, blah, blah. VTuber, you can just go wherever. You can go anywhere. You can say anything. You could be yourself and let really let loose. Yeah, it's definitely the more... Con- it's not... I don't want to say constricting because I don't like using that term for um, voice acting, but you definitely have to follow a certain way of doing things as a voice actor opposed to just letting loose and just having you know having it all as a vtuber (laughs) and when you're vtubing are you just like fully yourself or do you sort of have a little bit of a character that you add in there oh i'm fully myself Mm -hmm. most definitely fully myself i just like just like being myself rather than like like i said a persona because if i do a persona it's gonna sooner or later leak through so I'd rather just be me and just like have fun with it and all these things. And l- like I said, let loose and all and just have fun. And that's how I feel about VTubing. It's just it's just it's fun. It's very fun. It's definitely a blast to do for sure. <laughs> I definitely thoroughly enjoy myself. But yeah, I definitely find it more of a freeing experience <laughs> to be myself. Yeah. And you've also done like a lot of vocal training classes. At what point mm-hmm. did you decide to invest in yourself and craft in that way? I think, honestly, I I just wanted to, I always wanted to like, I always want to gain knowledge and like, and things like no matter it being like the smallest of things, like cook, learning how to new, do a new recipe or stuff like that. So like gaining that knowledge and voice acting and learning under these really big names, like, um, Steve Blum or Troy Baker and just learning under them and and understanding, you know, how to be a better person, not only as a voice actor, but presenting myself and other and before other people really means a lot. It, it teaches me a form of etiquette as well to to how to talk to people, not only in the voice acting business, but in the entertainment business as as well. So, yeah. OK. And then I want to talk a bit about your advocacy for inclusion and awareness around accessibility and disabilities because obviously they're really important to you and it feels like there has been an increase of awareness of disability and accessibility considerations in gaming in the recent years oh yeah most definitely yeah Uh, where have you seen progress and where does there need to be more work um to be done um there's definitely needs to be more work this definitely has to be more work done um someone posed the question do you see accessibility being a standpoint and i think it was like three to five years and i said no absolutely not there are we are still there are companies out there that are doing good work like um insomnia for instance naughty dog ubisoft they are really stepping up with the accessibility 
um, aspect of everything. And indie companies are actually doing very well with accessibility. They're listening to those and they're understanding um, about accessibility and things like that. It comes down to whether the company wants to put accessibility in. Um, there are still companies that just don't get it, that don't understand, or that just refuse to do it. I'm not going to say any names because I do play these games and I do adore these games, but I also will call them out in public. I just don't want to keep calling these companies out because I know they probably they probably going to put me on their radar and I may go missing in a couple of days. So I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but I just want, I, I basically, I talk crap to these people people and i say this because i'm not the only one that suffers from these things and we are in a year of progression we are in a year of pushing forward and we have been having we've had games for like four decades and we're still not doing much for accessibility which is really sad because like we use, we're trying to strive in diversity but we're still excluding people and it's something that I feel very strongly on as someone who suffers from hand jitters and stuff and at flashing lights and possible seizures from that. I will speak my voice and companies just need to listen and hire people. That's how they can prove listening and hiring people that actually know about accessibility like myself, Steve and Sailor. Steve, um, Steve, I think ugh, I'm, my memory is like really bad today. Steve on Spawn, Blind Gamer Steve. <laughs> Black Gamer Steve, Steven on Spawn is another great one. There's Ian, what's his name? Ian begins with M. And like there's like there's there's even a, like um there's even like a website called Can I Play This that talks about like can you play this game? Does this game have accessibility or not and stuff like that? And like people still don't get it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like I I'm just I'm just ranting on about like how much I can't stand it. But like there it's just triple a companies have all these all this money and they still don't get it like mm -hmm. i don't understand <laughs> but you know money talks and i understand i do understand deadlines and stuff like that but like i said in a previous talk accessibility should be a foundation it should not be a checklist it should be something that when you're starting a game it's one of the first things you're thinking about it should be laying down the the concrete and stuff like that where how foundation is made so yeah that's just that's just how i that's just that's just my weedle rant it's getting there but it's not quite there it won't be there for a very long time me and i'm not the only one who believes this it won't be there for a very long time mm -hmm. and what do you think uh people who don't have these considerations miss in these discussions more money <laughs> that's i like that's one of the things uh i like I keep telling, I was like, you guys would get more money if you actually put accessibility in things. But that's just, let me digress. It's basically ex inclusion. It's what they're missing out on. Uh, more inclusion into their brand. More inclusion into their um, their games. More inclusion into the fan base. They're they're missing out on those people who want to be included. Period. And with that, you know. It's going to be more articles against them. It's going to be this, that, and the other. And that's just how it is, unfortunately. But, like, what can you do? It's the companies that have to make these decisions, not us. And, you know, that's all I can really say about that is inclusion. That's what they're missing out on is the inclusion of those who are disabled. Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to the, the money thing because... Mm -hmm. um, I think that <laughs> that can be in important, especially for bigger companies. Obviously, they're very driven by the money. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Obviously, money is important for everyone. It's how we continue to go on in this society. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's an important topic to to bring up because I think everyone does really, you know, focus on uh, the you know really important thing, which is inclusion. But Money, I think money should be openly spoke about because mm -hmm. I fully agree. Uh, you will get more money if games are more accessible. And that's not just from people who have disabilities or have diagnosed disabilities as well. Because um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that have undiagnosed um, disabilities and don't know. And then so having this accessibility in games just helps everyone. People think we're just complaining that we want an easy mode because we want it to be easy. No, we just want to play the game. 
we want ev- we want to enjoy it just as much as everyone else. And like, I think one of the biggest insults is when like you see a game like Wolfenstein and you can put it on easy and they put a picture of a baby on it. That is like the biggest freaking insult oh, wow. that you can do. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go to Wolfenstein um, and you see, I, I actually, I have the PlayStation um, program where you can just download games and stuff. And I was like, oh, I never played, I never played the Wolfenstein thing. I want to get into that. And I was like, oh, they have an easy mode and you see a baby. I'm just like, well, I'm uninterested. Like that. It's just things like that. That just like people have these modes because they just want to play the game and enjoy the experience just like everyone else, Mm. you know? We don't have to hunt for all the achievements. I don't know if you've, um, it was Psychonauts 2, which is a game I'm looking forward to playing, but there was Me a story too. around, uh, they added an invincibility mode. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, there was some uproar from some corner. Of course. Of some, and yeah. I, I couldn't figure out why, because as far as I could tell, they're not making you play as it. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, oh, so yeah. you just play your game. And and then for those that do uh, need it for whatever reason, then they can do that. I was, I was like, wow, okay, I didn't realize there'd be such a a thing about this. I have like seen, I've not, well, I've not seen the actual discussions firsthand, but I've seen the discussions around <laughs> these sort of like points of oh, adding adding accessibility because that's what it is is somehow making their experience is somehow lessening their experience. experience. But the, the mode that they want to play in is still there it's and the they same. can mm-hmm. play it there. <laughs> and it will having making it accessible for other people to play. Even just like and accessibility is a very broad thing. Like accessibility mm-hmm. doesn't just mean accessible for someone who struggles to play the game due to disability. It can literally mean anything like time if you don't have much time like I, easy mode's great when you don't have much time yeah like exactly. i was in a this is a completely random scenario but i was in a, a workshop and i took my uh this is a while ago i took my ps5 and i took ratchet and clank <laughs> and uh these kids uh they big themselves up about playing games but they're struggling at the beginning i was like oh, if i just had because we didn't have a lot of time so let's just put this on easy and just you guys could just go through it to be fair for all the or the, the big talk they did at, at the beginning. I was disappointed, but separate issue. Um, but stuff like that, just a kind of practicality thing where you don't have a lot of time, like Tazzy says, and you can just use this in an easy mode just to get through it, to demonstrate it. There's loads of reasons. And again, like we said, it doesn't impact the mode you are going to play. So it's like, I don't understand that that kind of pushback against something that doesn't have to affect you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like, it's like, and I'm just like, it doesn't affect, if you really want to play in a harder mode, go ahead and do that. But this is not, this mode is basically for people who really would like to play on easier modes who don't have the same luxury as you. It's all about luxury. Mm-hmm. You have a different privilege than this person has, period. Mm-hmm. And if you un- don't understand that, then I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I can't, there's nothing more I can tell you. I, it's falling on deaf ears now. So when I see these things, when I see these people complain, as I like to call it, when I see these people complain, I'm just like, okay, that's great. Uh-huh. All right. I'm still going to play on that mode. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you, like, should you, we just you, take you away your volume and your brightness settings from all your devices? <laughs> How would you feel then? Like people exactly. complain about not having dark mode on stuff, like just because I mean, of, they prefer it, like nothing to do with just because they prefer it um without you know dark mode's useful for people as well but people that are going just on an aesthetic thing are like oh why didn't have dark mode and Mm -hmm. that's just yeah how how would you feel about that how would you feel it's not it's not that big of a deal like like if i was to take away your hearing and you couldn't you were trying to play a game like you all you can see is the mouth moving you had no way of knowing what was going on in the story but you really wanted to know what was going on with the story that's how it's like for someone who can who have bad really bad subtitles like really small subtitles hard to read subtitles they cannot immerse themselves in the story so when i hear people complain about accessibility it's the people that don't understand what it's like to have something taken away from you physically or and and they just want to complain just to complain like Mm -hmm. when people when people say they want to enjoy dark souls 
And they said, well, maybe there's an easier mode or something to implicate into the game that you could turn on and off to make the game mode a little bit easier for those who just want to enjoy the game. They're not saying that they want to make the game easier and like, you know, for everybody, they're just saying they want to make the game a mode so that everyone else can enjoy. And like the fact that the selfishness that I hear and read, I'm just like, I, it just blows my mind. It's mind boggling to me. It's just like, do you not have someone that's disabled? Do you ha- not have someone who's chronically ill? Like mm. you have to have, you have to know or, and see one person to understand what they go through, you know? Mm. And it's not making it, because people always say it, like it's making it easier. It's actually just making it to the same level of, to someone that does have the luxury of mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's 10 like not 10 times but you know it's like more difficult for them already mm-hmm. so definitely pl- evening the playing field like yes and it's 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 just really sad that like mm-hmm. you know we're in 2021 and even those with disabilities are still discriminated against mm-hmm. um just for a game mode especially when it's like it's especially on single player games I'm yeah like, it literally does not affect your life at all yeah it's let them play the game the way they are you play the game the way it you play it it's not going to affect you whatsoever i don't know why you're in such a rip roar about it like it's not that serious it really isn't <laughs> it really isn't that serious so chill out not. that's why i tell people i'm like it's not that serious just calm down <laughs> Um, what are your tips for hosting Twitch events? Uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> so if you like want to get your charity stream, like on the front page, or you want to do words, or you want to do something with, um, hosting like a stream team or stuff like that, plan way ahead. <laughs> <laughs> plan way ahead, like months ahead of time. I know when I work with the Lupus Foundation, we plan almost a year ahead. Wow. For the next one, uh, we plan very, very early. And with charity events, you have to have all your stuff together to turn into the charity specialist um, for a front page spot. So you have to know, you have to have your Tiltify set up. What are you doing your charity on? What's the bio for a charity? Why are you raising, you know, it's just like all these things that they will send you that you have to fill out. And it's not guaranteed you're going to have a front page spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Um, so and don't. That- Twitch comes mm-hmm. to you for once you set up a t- charity stream? No, um, it depends. Like if I'm doing something special that has to do with Twitch, yes, I have to give my name for the organization that they are talking to so I get on the front page. Okay. But if it's just me and I have a special charity thing that I'm setting up, I have to talk to Twitch. So it's it's it depends on the situation. When it comes to making events and stuff like that, it depends on what you want to do, how big you want to go, um, how small you want to be, how much you want to do, uh, how much you want to raise. Like I'm going to be doing one for Lupus Foundation for a whole week with a team of people that want to sign up. And I'm just trying to raise $5,000. That's that's a realistic goal. Always set a realistic goal because there are people that, you know, you you it can be demoralizing when you don't hit that goal. I will fully admit that. It can be demoralizing when you don't hit that goal. But set a realistic goal when you're raising for charity. Even if it's for $100, it's $100 more than they have. So be realistic and just like, and if it, if you do hit that goal, then increase it and increase it and increase it and increase it. And you never know who's going to come in to donate. I had, missed, I had Dr. Lupo. I did a random $250 stream. He came in and dropped $5,000. Wow. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shook if because well, I was well just done. doing I was well. just doing a small charity for like Red Nose Day to help kids. And he just came through and dropped five thousand dollars. I'm just like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Man, yeah. But you never know who's going to donate, like especially like when you set up your charity streams, have alerts. What are you raising money for? Talk about the chair. Have that knowledge, because if you're just raising money and you don't know what you're raising for and you'll be like, oh, I'm raising money for cancer. But what kind of cancer? Is it just women's cancer or is it just prostate cancer? Or like, why are you doing this? You know, people like those people like to talk about like your reasoning, your passion behind these things. I get people coming all the time. 
saying, thank you for raising money for this. This means a lot to me. I'm like, no, it's, it's my honor to do this for you. I stand behind this. I have, I have my facts and stuff like that. And like, you have to be ready. You need to be prepared for these things Mm. when you're doing these, doing this stuff. You got to be, because you never know what's going to happen. And don't just raise money because you just want to, you know, I just want to do it for this. No, do sit down and do some work with it. That's what charity work is. It's work but it's for charity and you don't get paid for it. I mean, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> I found that you can't get paid for charity work and I'm, it's been like three years, but like, I don't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, you just do what you have to do and like learn, you know, teach yourself if you have to educate yourself so you can educate other people. But yeah, when it comes, when it comes down to making events, it's, it's plan ahead. <laughs> please don't be like today i'm gonna do an event tomorrow and then like you're like you you don't (laughs) plan at least a month ahead at least a month unless you're really good with time like like you are like a god at time management plan at least a month ahead please (laughs) for your mental health (laughs) (laughs) yeah i second that Um, and then last one from me, uh, we saw a massive recognition of gaming and streaming over the pandemic. Do you see this level of interest continuing as things go back to some kind of normal? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I see it still continuing to be a thing, um, especially with more bigger streamers doing more bigger things. Like we have a bunch of streamers that was just in the new guy movie. So that's going to mm-hmm. int- that's going to open the door to like, oh, who are they, you know, and what do they do? And it's like they're streamers. Oh, what's streaming and stuff like that. It's it's definitely going to still be big. I think streaming is still going to be around for a very long time. People watch streamers for very different reasons, whether they want to be entertained or sometimes it's therapeutic. I found that out that some people just like to listen to other people's certain types of voices, not even ASMR. They just like to listen to somebody. So like it's it's different reasons why people watch streamers and I really feel that it's still going to be around and still be strong. So we like to ask each of our guests when we interview them to give a piece of advice for aspiring creative professionals. Um, And obviously today we've been talking about streaming, VTubing and voice acting. Um, So what advice do you have for other listeners who may want to get started uh, within live streaming or voice acting? Okay, be serious. If you're really serious about voice acting, be prepared for failure. Be prepared to be denied a lot. Be prepared for that. You're not going to get every role. Absolutely not. You're not. (laughs) I know some big names that have lost out on some really big roles. And it's something that people need to acknowledge. They're just like, I'm going to be a voice ad. I'm going to do this and that. Okay, that's great. But if you can't handle rejection, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a very, very bad time. So I highly suggest that people take the time to understand that there will be rejections. There will be, you won't get every role. You won't, you know, that one that you fought really hard on may go to somebody else. I want you to understand rejection. Just understand it because that what that's literally what makes and breaks voice actors. I was at a point where I was about to quit because I was not getting a role until I got the role in House Party. And then I was like, okay, I guess I am. I guess I am not bad, you know? So it's one of those things where you have to be prepared to like not get the role. Don't get your hopes into it. Don't do that. Because the moment you don't get that role, it can be very demoralizing. And it literally makes and breaks voice actors. It makes and breaks voice actors. Those who want it and those who just will give up. For streaming, just be yourself. Be yourself, have fun, learn how to network and market. Because I have people that come in like, well, I don't have many viewers. And I'm just like, well, are you marketing yourself? And they're like, I'm like, are you using social media? No. Well, we have a problem. (laughs) That's the problem. You're not using these things, these free assets, these free things that the Internet has given us to help market yourself and push yourself and be be yourself. You can be a no face streamer and still get affiliate. I know some a lot of no face streamers that still get affiliate that just use their voice. You can do the same thing. You just have to work for it. You got to work for it. That that goes for basically anything. 
you got to work for it because you got to put effort into everything that you do because people will notice the difference. It's depending on how, you know, you keep the audience in it will depend on if they stay or go. And if some will stay and some will, you know, you, I have like, for instance, I have 6,800 followers, but I know 6,800 followers are not there. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on how you, you, you know, present yourself. Like for me, I, when I became a VTuber, my, my demographic changed. It did. I was still myself, but I was a virtual avatar, but that doesn't mean everyone likes that, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I want people to just be themselves, market yourself. There are Facebook groups, discords and everything that are genuine for promotion and stuff like that. And use social media. Social media is a wonderful thing to spread your name around. It really is. It really, really is. And TikTok is strangely one of the best things to do it for. It's strangely one of the best things to do it for. <laughs> I feel old saying that because I don't, I, w- I just got into TikTok like a few months ago and it has been giving me followers. So I'm just like, okay, this is interesting. My old bones used to have freaking, what was it called? Vine? <laughs> so, oh, like, my, yeah. so like, it's, it's something new. For, vo- um, for VTubing, when you're picking out something like i get people that always say well how did you pick your avatar i was like well my last name's witcher i'm a lupus i have lupus my mother died of lupus so i wanted to put some kind of memory into my outfit i love the color purple which is also the color for lupus and butterflies is a symbol for lupus and i'm a witch and it works out and that's how i do it do something that generally makes you happy like uh, something that represents you even little easter eggs in your outfit that like not a lot of people would catch but you would love you know uh, you don't even necessarily have to tell them those Easter eggs. You just just have fun with it. Like, I know there's a VTuber that is a Lich King. Like, he's literally a Lich. And he's so amazing. And he's so sweet. And But he has, like, this voice changer to make him sound spoopy. But I know he's he's a really... But he's sweet. He's not, like, scary. He has a scary voice, but he's a, he has, he's a sweetheart. So, like, do something that makes you... Like, pick an avatar that makes you happy. You don't have to start out with a super expensive avatar. That's the first thing I will say. Do not do not spend like all this money on a super expensive avatar, right? Because like you may not like it and you may change your mind. Go small, have concept artists, make your art and be like, okay, I like this. Then when you're fully, extremely happy with that concept, 100%, then you put the money into the avatar. And you don't have to start out like a crazy $2,000 one. You can start as a PNG and then move up from there because changes will always happen. My avatar has changed so much over the years. Like I've literally based my my VTuber on my past avatar and she's definitely changed um, a lot. But yeah, that's the advice I would definitely give for VTubers. Just don't spend a lot of money <laughs> at first. <laughs> Save your money <laughs> until you're Perfect completely happy. Yeah, (laughs) a lot as well from VTubers. Yeah, because not all artists will go back and make changes. I'm lucky to have the artist that I have. I'm blessed to have the artist that I have. She will go. She will make small changes for me. But not every artist is like that. Period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for your amazing advice. Uh, I just want to let listeners know. Um, they can give their feedback on the interview and let us know what you think at feedback at mymatter.com. So this is the part where we just thought up uh, a couple questions or you know, random questions that don't fit anywhere. So just as I was listening to you uh, talk about your, about your journey and how you had, you know, you wanted to Excuse go me, into theatre, onto, onto mm-hmm. stage, and it went kind of a different direction. So I'm wondering, what's the what's the most unexpected opportunity that you've got so far? Like one that he's like, oh, I just didn't see that coming. Oh goodness, I think it was I think it was the Fall Guys thing. <laughs> Can you explain that? Okay, so I'm a small I'm a small fish in a really big ocean, and so um, someone someone invited me to the Fall Guys event. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll do something for charity. I don't mind. I'll raise money for charity. I didn't know who was going to be in there <laughs> at all. I had no idea. And it was just like so many famous people. Liam McIntyre from Spartacus. He was the Spartacus mm. that um, replaced Andy Whitfield um, because he was very sick. Aaron from the Game Grumps. Um, Ross O'Donovan. Um, so it was just like, 
all these famous people in here what the heck <laughs> like i don't i don't i don't know how to act in front of these people <laughs> and like what do i do it was definitely a learning experience like as a content creator learning and like from there i just kind of like i started working with more bigger bigger people like tonight i'm going to be on cosplay on twitch front page as a judge for a cosplay competition cool. so like that's the thing you never know right yeah you never know i i do have opportunities coming up and i'm just like that was just so left field. I was just like, because I was just like, oh, it's for charity. Okay, I'll do it. But then it was like, oh my God, there's so many people I admire and look up to in here. I'm very mm-hmm. nervous. So it was definitely an experience for me because I never thought I would actually meet. Like Aaron has played House Party. Like he, the Game Grumps have a whole series on it. So I, when I got to finally talk to him, it was wonderful. And he even said on one of his videos, oh, I got to talk to the voice of Leah to uh to uh dan i was like like oh my god they're talking about me (laughs) (laughs) they're talking about me oh my goodness i'm gonna i'm freaking out so it 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 definitely helped me like you know how how to work with other people and how to talk to them and stuff like that and listening to them how they talk to each other and just like they were just being themselves i was just like okay i'm gonna be myself too yeah exactly (laughs) i'm gonna be me you in the room I'm not going to be room, quiet. Right? So, I'm yeah. not going to be quiet. Because <laughs> I was just being quiet. I was just like, I'm so scared. <laughs> but then they just started like letting loose and being free. I was just like, oh, I want to do this too. This seems like fun. So <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a left field thing. I think um, I do have something coming up with someone pretty famous, another VTuber. He's amazing. Um, I don't want to say what his occupation is, but it is coming up. And I'm very excited to collab with this VTuber because he does karaoke and I love karaoke. So... Okay. <laughs> So we're going to be singing and I'm and vibing. And I, I've been a fan of his for like years before he became famous. So he was in the Indies. Oh, I'm giving too much away. He was small time. Now he's big time. So now I'm very happy to be working with him as a VTuber. Okay. We'll leave that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, it's like when the, it's like those things that like, you know, I've got to, I've got to talk to like, I've got to personally talk to Troy Baker um, because I said oh, something cool. in the in a group meeting. He was like, oh, let me talk to you. Let's have a private conversation. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. But yeah, it's just, yeah, that experience really helped me, like, really helped me step on my shell and, like, talk to people more. It was the, it was the Fall Guy experience. And that was last year, November? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You say again, yeah, you never you never know like where you enter an opportunity and where that can go just because you step forward into something. Yeah, you never know. It's like it it literally changed it. And now I I'm doing I'm I got nominated for four words for four words. <laughs> I can talk, I swear. <laughs> I got nominated for four words for the gamers awards and I'm getting honored at the gay uh gamers professional thing that's coming up at the end of the month and it's definitely been a ride <laughs> yeah. so, i never thought i would be here now i'm work. now i'm pushing for partner on twitch so it's just like it's definitely a ride <laughs> and no, i have opportunities like it. come yeah it, it's it's definitely something and it's the impact over numbers thing i was talking about um the saga was mentioning and it's definitely an impacts over number feeling that i have with this whole situation so all right uh my Final question, last question of the interview mm-hmm. is uh, we talked a bit about so Broadway. What is your favorite Broadway production? Wicked. I love I Wicked. I've still not seen Wicked. Me neither. It's amazing. Sounds- it's amazing. I uh, I love Hamilton too. I do love Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Hamilton. I love uh The Wiz, a lot of Wizard of Oz stuff I like. But like I I love I love Wicked. I love Hamilton. I love The Wiz. I love Lion King production was really good too. Yeah. Can I say I saw Lion King actually was it is it Broadway? Well, I went to New York, so it must have been Broadway. Yeah. Because I know it's Broadway and it's like off Broadway, but I assume this was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, so saw it like great but we were i went with a friend uh, to america this was ages ago and we were late it's oh, <laughs> so weird because we that's were so bad etiquette <laughs> i know right but here's the thing so we it's weird that we were late because we so we, we booked a flight and then we were mm-hmm. gonna see it the same the same time the same day that we flew in we thought we had plenty of time and then when we we're in a flight in london the plane was delayed because there was some piece of the plane. I've never had this happen before or since a piece of the plane. So we were delayed for three hours Ooh. and it was a weird experience of being on a, on a plane 
watching the mm-hmm. time that we're going to be late for a, a play in America. <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> thing. So like we had to like dash from the airport to our hotel, check in, dump the bags, run back out. So we oh missed goodness. the start, but we got to, we ended up getting better seats <laughs> than we paid for. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was such a random, <laughs> such a random thing. But uh, yeah, uh, and then yeah, we just uh, loved it, enjoyed it, uh, fantastic. But yeah, that was a, a weird experience. It's definitely like I hate, I, I don't like when that happens. Like when a delay happens and being stuck at the airport is like one of my pet peeves. Not the airport, on the plane. We were on the plane. Oh, for you three were on hours. the plane stuck. Yeah. Oh, we that is worse. <laughs> was, oh, yeah. at least when you're in the airport you've got like you can move food about and, and stuff, stuff yeah and shop and whatnot <laughs> no it was, yeah, it was do weird, not weird like do not like that at all no. <laughs> and for, for a long flight as well yeah <laughs> it's like uh, three hours plus the what six to eight flight, hours plus, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so um cool so that was my uh sort of random story um about broadway <laughs> Tiffany, thank you for joining us for this interview. Interview, uh, it's been yeah, really good to hear about kind of your journey, and where where you thought it would start, where it's taken you, and some of the opportunities that you talked about. Yes. Ones that you can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> Contracts are who they are. The VAs are yeah. <laughs> cool, but no, thank you. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us. No, it was wonderful to have this interview. I can't wait to see it go up. It was This was fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully people listening have enjoyed this episode of the Story X Story podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a future episode. And you can also go back uh, and listen to our past interviews and other uh, episodes. You can also give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, wherever they let you review podcasts. Uh, this helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. Uh, so a heads up that our next manga, Serious Through the Fog, is still coming. Uh, it is still being worked on. We're still working through uh, the artwork. We're looking at uh, finishing that, sending that to print uh, this month. So you can pre-order that on our website as well as see our existing stories from the My Matter universe at mymatter.com forward slash manga. And I mentioned it earlier, you can join the Gamepad Discord Uh, Become a Studio 77 member for exclusive access to Gamepad events and content from the Maya Matter universe. And the next Gamepad online event is on the 16th of October. So definitely check that out. Get your free tickets and join us, Gamepad.events, and follow us on Twitch. Uh, Other than that, stay tuned for more podcast episodes, including creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture you can always always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at mayamatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mayamatter.com forward slash story x story yeah until next time stay tuned stay safe everyone and we will talk to you again Mm